Hello and welcome. This is the Filmmakers Podcast. It's a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. Today, we're talking to director and writer Elizabeth Blake Thomas about how she made seven films, it's going to be eight soon, in two and a half years. That's right, seven indie films in two and a half years. And you can too. We talked to her about making a film when you've never directed before, working with your daughter, getting on IMDb, and the importance of filmmaking without fear, which is her book, which will be coming out soon. I'm Giles Alderson. Hello, welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. Joining me on today's show is my co-host is Dan Richardson, because me and him, we're in LA, shooting more of our feature documentary, Food for Thought. Uh, we had some amazing guests on, uh, we met some amazing people, and we had a great time. Really, really fun, so I'm looking forward to starting to edit that together for you, and our Kickstarter campaign, which is coming up soon, so we're prepping for that. Do subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or go to Podbean where we host everything now. Subscribe to us there. And if you really do like us, do leave a lovely five-star review and let us know what you feel. Um, get us rocking up the charts as well. Um, you can also head to filmmakerspodcast.com to get a back catalogue of podcasts. All 92 now. And you can go to podfix.com where you can find loads of really cool podcasts in a really cool group. Podfix.com, link is in the show notes. Our Make Your Film event, the one I am running with Dom Lenoir, has sold out. On the 29th of January, it is sold out. Um, That is amazing. Thank you all who have bought tickets so far. So what me and Dom have done is we've got a bigger room. um, And there are a few more tickets left available now. We've got a bigger room that holds... 20 more so if you want last minute tickets to that then the link is in the show notes where myself and Dom and other guests are going to be talking to you about how to make your indie film uh, it's going to be Q&A it's going to be lots of chat should be brilliant night 7pm 29th of January get your tickets in London and we'll see you there who's going to can? put your hand up if you're going to can. now you going? great in that case if you are then I've got a really cool deal for you because Raindance are doing their pre-can survival guide. Uh, registration starts in February, um, so get in quick because they give you so much knowledge about how you can survive at can and the best way to go about it. And because you listen to this podcast, you can get in for 10 quid. That's right, it's normally 25. The code is can 10 And if you can't get there personally, then the course is going to be live streamed as well. But link is in the show notes. Ten quid. Also, those of you who fancy going to Portugal for a week for the 10 steps to make your feature film course, uh, there are tickets still available. That is in April, uh, end of April, finished on the 3rd of May in Portugal. And it's an intensive course where you learn to make your feature film in Portugal. I'll be hosting that with uh, Sean Langton. Uh, Link, again, is in the show notes. Okay, Alejandro Montoya Marin, the wonderful director of the feature film Monday, who starred in the Robert Rodriguez's Rebel Without a Crew TV show, is doing an Indiegogo campaign and he needs your help. He was on episode 68 Go click that link and listen to how he made Monday. And he worked with the amazing director, Robert Rodriguez, uh, on that podcast. But he needs your help. 
He's basically making a really, really cool film called Millennium Bugs. Uh, I've already stuck in a couple of quid to help him. It's a coming-of-age film during the last week of 1999 and smack in the middle of the Y2K craze. Um, He got 7K to make Monday, the feature film. Imagine what he could do with 50K. So do support him if you can. Link is in the show notes. Right, let's get to today's brilliant podcast with Elizabeth Blake Thomas, myself, and Dan Richardson in LA. Enjoy. So, yeah, we're recording. Oh, oh, are we? Yeah. Oh. exciting. Great. <laughs> it's good to know that My that belly. There's, there's the intro. And so, and so, just holding it here is fine, is it? Totally fine. Okay, Absolutely. cool. Coming up my nostril. Yeah, if you like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please hold the mic up your nostril. Anyone listening at the wall will wonder what we're talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that's like the uh, X rated version. Hold yeah. it up your nostril. What if I hold it like this? Do you want me to put it up my nose? Yeah, fully, all the way, <laughs> or just the tip? Isn't exactly what I had in mind. And this just, is how I should hold just... it with my whole hand. <laughs> I did have a couple of special requests. I can, um, I can move it if you like. <laughs> but just up and down. It's very easy. And you say if I don't hold it like this, it rattles. <laughs> Eventually it'll fall off. <laughs> and it really hurts my ears. <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> okay, we are absolutely delighted to welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast, Elizabeth Blake Thomas. Hi, the crowds. The crowds need to stop cheering for me. Hold on. Yeah, there we go. They've stopped. <laughs> How are you doing? All right. Uh, do you know I'm always good? I'm in LA. Well, apart from the fact that it is raining heavily. Okay, but listen, yeah. LA and you drive in on the 405 and see the Hollywood sign with rain is still better than the M25 in London. And in seeing rain. the sign to Reading. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with Reading, by M4 the way. From, from Reading. But the Hollywood sign is much nicer, you're right? We were going to do this on your boat. We were. Which would have been lovely. Which is mm. a Sunseeker Predator, 109 <laughs> foot. Like the one they use in the Bond film. For those people who don't know, it's a big one. Um, but it was going to be, it, well, was. it is raining and it, it would have yeah. been very noisy. Yeah, it would. And because it is only a small one. It's a uh, 32 foot um, little Sea Ray, 1978 twin engine. So. And that's all I know. We'd, all right. That's all you need to know. Yeah. We'd have been on the bottom of the ocean. Yes. You can't carry because, three people. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get the paddles out. Uh, yeah, we'd all been sick. But uh, yeah, that, still, it would have been nice. But anyway, we're not. We're in your home in... Whereabouts are we? In I have Hermosa no idea. Beach. Dan drove here. I have yeah. no idea. Hermosa Beach. Hermosa Beach. Which, which... sounds a bit like a spread. Like, you know, quite oh, like yes, that. Oh, yes. But it sounds so beautiful. Spread. And it is very beautiful, even in the rain. Even in the rain, it's stunning down here. I so we're, seen as much. And we're a wee bit further than uh, people like to go out of LA, in all honesty. <laughs> and people look at it and go, where? Where do you live? Where is that? Oh, I wouldn't come out there. No, no. So you do need a passport. Right. Uh, but it's, uh, no, it's only 15 minutes south of LAX. Which is perfect. Perfect. For the travelling. It is. And it's a beautiful place down here. I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, yeah. my boat's just two minutes from here and... Welcome to my happy home. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. My this pleasure. Is lovely. Okay, so this podcast is all about helping people to keep making films or make the first film. And you've made quite a lot of films very recently. So we want to talk to you about that. But first of all, let's talk about your start. Let's talk about why you wanted to become a filmmaker in the first place. Ooh, good question, Giles. Good question. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so I didn't know I was going to become a filmmaker, actually. You just fell into it by accident. Well, yeah, it was more because I loved theatre. I love theatre and I love drama. Yeah. So I was always involved in that at, at school and at university. I, as, as a director? Or as... No, no, just um, 
but acting actually as a young child it's kind of what mm. you do your parents put you in it to get confidence yeah, yeah. so that's the kind of British thing and you do the those lambda exams and you go to festivals yeah. and and it was fun it was okay but I realized that actually I also enjoyed kind of being bossy telling people what to do which right. is kind of directing it is so I ended up running mm. a few theater camps and theater courses and set up a theater company okay. um then I had my daughter and she loved coming to all my classes. And I thought, she's obviously got a bit of a, a skill. Maybe I should see if she's interested in acting. Okay. Put her into an audition. She got her first role. Right. And I ended up being on set with her. So she did everything with the BBC and some films. Um, and still, I had no idea that I was going to be ending up doing what I was doing. She was very young when she got her first role, wasn't she? She was She was five years old. There you go. Yeah. Wow. CBBS. She was in CBBS. The Green Balloon Club. There you go. I can't remember the tune, otherwise I'd sing There'll it. There'll be some people young but, enough listening yeah, to this they, who might know who They love it. She's called Lily Rose. It. They loved her. She was a phenomenal little character. She'd fluff in this balloon. and um, But even when I was there, I remember sitting um, whilst, because you had to chaperone. Yeah. I remember sitting there while she was going into it, and I wasn't... I wasn't thinking, oh, I wish I was in there watching or knowing what's going on. Yeah. Um, so it was a really strange shift that's happened. And I think it's just because I was on set when she was seven and um, there was this uh, this situation with another family and a, and a boy who was turning 18. And uh, the mum said to me that this was it then. This was her, her work for her son was over. He's 18. She doesn't need to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know what to do. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be in that position. What sure. am I going to do? Yeah. So it gets your brain thinking. It does. And then the next film set, I was asked to help out a bit. Right. And I was asked to help with the acting or whatever. So bit by bit, I was asked to help more and more. And then yeah. I realized that I knew what I was talking about. Great. And so um, I thought, why don't I produce something for my daughter to be in? Good idea. Because why would I pay someone else to do it when totally. I could do it? Yeah. So we did a little short and yeah. actually it was at a film festival that our young friend Dan was at. And I believe your film at Cinequest. She said young. Yeah. <laughs> he young was Dan. young. He was I young looked then, at the photos. Yeah, I looked at the photos. He was young. And so I put it into that film festival. It did really well. Didn't really think anything of it. I got someone to direct. Yeah. I wasn't even... Really, I seriously, this is wow. what's so shocking. I just, just did that for fun for Isabella. Mm-hmm. And then... And he'll love being t- spoken about. My ex-boyfriend at the time, All lovely right. director, mm-hmm. he said to me, I should direct. And I said, how do I do that? Right. And he said, you just say you're a director. Brilliant. Yep. That's it. That's it. So then I just did. I mean, there's obviously a lot more of that, but that's how I got into it. Right. It was just a natural progression. Okay. I'm, I'm not even sitting here saying to you, I wanted to do it from the beginning. I directed I've always directed your mum. You're a director. Yeah, yeah. It's the same stuff. Yeah, your life. You're a director of yeah. your life in that sense. Exactly. Some people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. great. So, how did you then step up and sort of go? Okay, cool. I produced that. I've got it made for my daughter. How now am I going to personally go and make a short or a feature? What did you do? What was the next steps to go? I'm well, going to make something. I think one of the the most important elements that I have is because I've never been trained. I don't understand the word no. Great. And I don't understand that can't be done. Mm. And I don't understand, but you can't do it like this. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I didn't have any of that. Right. So therefore, when he said go and to be a director, I was like, okay, I will. Yeah. I, I didn't know I couldn't write. I didn't know I didn't. I didn't know that I couldn't do any of this. So I just did it. 
Um, and one of the most important things I try to uh, tell people about is making friends in this environment. Wherever you are mm. is about making friends. You don't know whether you're going to help them out, they're going to help you out. But I went back to a uh, a friend that I'd met on a feature film of Isabella's who's all, who'd always said to me, if you ever want to do anything with Isabella, let me know. Okay. So from three years previously, I called her up. And I said, Sean will help me. I'll do this. I want to do it with Isabella. Are you interested? Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, I am. And I thought I'd get like 5K or something. And, you know, I'd write something. That would be superb, superb first film. yeah. No, it ended up being about 200K. Wow. And she produced it. I wrote it and shot it from beginning to end in six weeks. Wow. And never done anything. Okay, this is, it is incredible. This is, this is exactly why I think, I think there's no, no guest we've had is any better example of the, the whole um, mentality that we talk about and we hear about so often where people say, just get out and do it. Mm. Elizabeth epitomizes that mentality. Yeah. It's wonderful. That is wonderful. So what was your first, did you prep it? Did you plan it? Your first day on set? What, so what I happened? collect people. Okay. So therefore when Isabella had been filming, I'm always very aware of who's nice on set, who mm -hmm. works well, whether I get on and j making friends. So when I arrived at this lovely lady's house, she, um, she had an idea. So I said, no worries, I'll write that. So I sat there for three days yeah. and, uh, and wrote something. Then I said to her, okay, well, I'd like to shoot this in, in, you know, four weeks time. Uh, and everybody was a bit kind of like, well, you can't do that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can. Uh, so, uh, so I then <laughs> called my friends that I'd met along the way. And I said, guys, I've got this film. Do you want to come out? This is it. And, you know, there'll be 15 of us as a crew. The only thing that person I'd never met was a, um, a scripty. Okay. So I found a scripty via another friend. Right. So we had a crew. We shot it in the house. Had this wonderful actor called Josh who uh, was in um, Entourage. He came along. So Brilliant. minimal crew, minimal yep. cast, one location. Mm -hmm. We shot, she had a phenomenal land. Um, I had no idea about um, rules of what you could and couldn't shoot. So I just yeah. shot what I visually saw in my head. Which is beautiful, right? Yeah. You're just going, I'm just going to shoot what I feel is yeah. right. I'm I want a camera from over here and I want you to look this way. And I didn't know that that might not be possible or whatever. But you had a decent enough team around you to say Very you, much you so. do need yeah, to get Yeah, 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 exactly. They might be, oh, let's just do that again because this wasn't quite right. But they loved the fact that I would say, let's put it over here. and be like, oh, I didn't think about that yeah. because I don't know the rules. Mm. And uh, this like 360 rule and all that know, malarkey. Yeah, yeah, crossing the line. Yeah, none of it. And, and actually... To go to where I am now, having seen some things that are out, out recently, I really don't think rules apply. I think you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I love that now. So I was doing that. I was kind of ahead of the game two and a half years ago. In fact, yeah, it's two, two years and maybe eight months that I first shot my first film. Right. Shot it, got everybody there. We had an amazing two weeks and then we edited it. That was a huge learning process for me because actually the editor... You see so much, yeah. Well, you understand why you do need certain things. But mm. I also was very definite on, well, no, I don't want that in there. I want this to be a long shot. Right. And again, now I understand that even the type of editor is important because I had a fantastic editor, but I had an editor that edits normal films. Sure, yeah. Close up, close up, wide, yeah. over the shoulder, over the shoulder, yeah. wide. You need yeah, an yeah. insert, you need that. Yeah. So it was a huge learning curve and I call it my film school. And I was well, very fortunate. That's one of the best types of film school you can have is by going on set and making a feature film. What more can you do than that? That's 
that's yeah. film school right there. And then even at film school, they don't make feature films. A lot of them, we've, from the people we've had on, a lot of the time people have said we've not, we didn't make a feature. Yeah, at you, film you're school. right. Short, short to feature. That was another thing because I, I was never going to shoot a short because I couldn't understand why I would shoot a short. Mm. Because if I can shoot a feature, then why wouldn't I shoot a feature? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I never shot any shorts. I'd produced that one short for my daughter. Yeah. Never directed any shorts. I just went straight into features because I just thought it was the same amount of work. Yeah. And then the best advice, which I do always tell people this because it just saved my life, I think, was Sean said to me, and now make your next one. Yeah. Because I tell you what, if I hadn't, mm. I think I'd still be at number one. I really would. And instead I thought, okay, I've got to do this again. Yeah, right. How do thing. I do that? Yeah. So I got someone to write a script. I wrote a, a rough idea, had the all these people helping me with... Um, with how the idea should work. It was a kid's film. And um, I got the same crew and I managed to raise the money and I went down to 26K. Right. And actually it's available online. So you can all watch it on Amazon. And this is pretty, pretty outrageous. outrageous. Pretty yeah, outrageous. that's right. And I love that. I love that film. Yeah. I'm so proud of it. And I just got it together with all the, these friends and we had such fun. I mean, it killed us again. We're exhausted. 26K, you know, it's hard. Well, how did you raise that money in the first place? Um, each, I approached each of the parents of the children that were going to be in it. Right. And I said, do you want me to make a feature film for us all? And they said, yes. So their kids got this incredible experience mm-hmm. and a feature film. It, that's basically a summer school. Page, yeah, you know that's I mean? how get, I said it. They get to be in a feature film that will be released. You can yeah. put it on Amazon yourself if you needed yeah. to, but yeah. it did much more than that. Yeah, Exciting. definitely. And and when you look at it like that, and I think that's what I'd realised, I was paying for Isabella to go on these summer courses mm-hmm. at like the film academies or whatever, four to four to six K. Yeah. So I was like, hold on, <laughs> why would I do that? Yeah, exactly. when I can get them in a feature film. Yeah, yeah, so I did that. Which is an opportunity that a lot of people who have been to drama school, summer camp, or even an entire... It, in entire three years at drama school haven't been in a feature film mm. I know plenty of actors who've never had that break yet yeah and it's the it's the it's the pinnacle isn't it for a lot of actors they want to be in a feature film and, yeah. and you were giving out lead roles to these guys as well it worked it worked great very well very, and then that's clever that's thinking outside the box which is really clever that's the only reason I am where I am because I've thought outside the box yeah. and I know that and I don't expect there's something kind of innate in me that makes me do that because I know what the end goal is. So I think, well, how can I get there? Mm. I don't think, how am I going to? It's like, well, just how can I? Yes. Any way I can. I know I'm gesticulating, which nobody can see. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> the technical gesticulation I'm doing right is now. Is so good. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. If you guys could hear or see this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it would be great. Had um, the budget for the first one then, just to jump back slightly, yeah. so was that around... 200. That was 200K. Yeah. And how did you manage to raise the money for that? Because that's a, No, she gave it to me. She just gave you the yeah, money for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, she didn't physically give it to me. She was in charge of it. Right. So everybody needed paying, everybody needed whatever, and this is how much it is. And yeah. at that point, it was, wasn't was a problem. It was just like, okay, yeah, I know you've not made anything, but here's the money. Yeah, I mean, she's incredibly supportive and um, just, yeah, because she wanted to be a producer and her sons were involved and her mm. daughter was in it. So again, if you find people that would like to be part of something, yeah. uh, you can work as a team 
and that. And I have to say, I really want to get that film out. It's actually not out. But the funny thing is, I saw, saw on someone's Facebook today, they shot a film like four and a half years ago and it's just come out. And I always sit there panicking going, oh my God, it's been two and a half years. It's like, it's okay. It's, it's two okay. and a half years. Yeah. And also all my others are coming out and I have been working. Yeah, it's very normal actually these days. By the time you've got a post done and then you might do some reshoots and then by the time you've done the selling of it and mm-hmm. especially if people doing it on no budget at all, it's like, well, that's people's time. You're asking for free sometimes to edit it, to do the post, to do the, everything, the yeah. sound mix. And then you've got the deliverables, yeah. which is really hard work to do. Well, that's the thing about shooting these things, isn't it? It's, I, I love it. I love writing it. I love directing it. Then all the other stuff that comes after is just like mind-blowing. And you don't realize that that's necessary until you've done your first one. Yeah. And then you very quickly realize. So you can preempt it and make that experience a much more pleasurable experience. Yes. Uh, but I think because I'd shot four features in that first year, I was very much for moving quickly. And so now I've kind of realized actually budgets are bigger. I can take more time on it. I've Mm -hmm. got that luxury. Um, So depending on your budget, if you've only got 26K, then you don't want to spend longer than two months on it. Totally, because you've got to live. You've got to survive during that time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What about working with actors during that time? Obviously, it was with your daughter as well, which is fascinating. That must have been maybe you just carried on like being the mother, sort of going, no, no, do it like this and do it better. Were you dealing with the kids and working with them and then with the actors on those first few films and how was that for you was it was it easy did you find it not a problem to well just... I think because I was drama based in theatre yeah. acting is the thing that I know I think that's the hardest thing to learn I think you can go to film school and learn how to film mm-hmm. but to be with actors and understand that those characters that came naturally to me Great. I love working with my daughter I love it she's wonderful and it definitely was an interesting time to work out um, how you became director and how you became mum. Mm. And I, f- just for some reason, I, and I don't know, I think maybe just because I knew how much I was going to be working, I actually got a chaperone for her. So they stayed with us. So full time. So I didn't need to be mummy ever. Right. So I was always director. And actually we would speak about it and I'd say, so, you know, remember two weeks now, I am not mummy. You do not come to me and ask for anything. You go to uh, Melissa, Miss Melissa. She is your mum for this. She is that person. And and to know that that she had that meant I didn't need to be mum. It was great because you can't be both. And now as she's got older, it was actually in pretty outrageous. It was a weird stage because it was such a small budget. I didn't have a chaperone, but there were the other mums. So they helped out, but also she was getting older. So that slightly helped. And now, you know, she's 16, she's legal 18. So she doesn't need a chaperone anyway, doesn't need a studio teacher, doesn't need me to be there. She can drive herself to and from. So um, she is in a position where she's actually been second, second on one of my films. Really? Yeah. And PA, she's phenomenal. So it's naturally progressed to that stage because she's just been brought up in it for six years of her being on set fully from, you know, the films. Yes. Even longer. I mean, she's done 10 years. Wow. And then my stuff. That's really great. So, yes, yeah, so for you, it's easy to work with actors. It's Very not a easy. problem. And, no. Right, let's do this. I love what it. In terms of camera positions then, obviously you said at first it was just, right, let's see what works in my mind. Over time, I take it you've changed your opinion of that and go okay are you shooting much more naturally now uh, in terms of how it's supposed to be done well do you know i find it more annoying that i know more i really do it's more restricting it's actually the fear hits you more when you don't know anything you just shoot yeah i find it really difficult like a shot interesting especially a film that i know the one actually dan was in maybe i'm fine i knew the market for that 
So I can't be too creative. So I try to shoot one for the masses and then I try to shoot one that's for me. Um, And we'll talk about that last one in a minute that I just shot, but the maybe I'm fine one. And actually I'll tell you about some of the acting as well. Was, Especially Dan's. Yeah. No, don't tell him. Totally cut out. I'm right here. Oh, you here? Also, I don't think you can call it acting. <laughs> yeah. Just being. So I won't so, be offended. Just being. kind of how we want it. But it was... But a, I was Scottish. It's Scottish. You were Scottish. I was. I was. Were you Scottish? Yeah, he was. He was. We decided it was funny. It is quite I don't know if anybody else finds it funny, but we did. It's irrelevant. Scottish people don't. Yeah. So so I shot this knowing that I needed to do things in a certain way. So yeah, I know in my head, basically I've watched a film in my head before I direct. So I know what I'm shooting exactly. Right. Okay. I've seen the film in my head and I've seen it and I go, yep, that's a good movie. That's okay. So I know exactly what I'm going to shoot. But from the acting point of view, we did this thing where I only had two hours to shoot 16 pages. Okay. So it's getting dark. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So what I did was I got all the actors together mm-hmm. and I said to them, okay, I've got a crazy idea. This says this was on a ranch. I said, if you put all these pages together without the little small cutaways where I'm going to the other person driving or whatever, this is a bit like a play. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if I shot this in one go? I said, and I could shoot it four times and I will move the cameras. And they all said, yeah, let's go for yeah. it. It is the most phenomenal bit of my movie because the emotional moments progress naturally because I wasn't saying, hold on, cut, can I just do that again? Or can I just go and insert here? Uh We shot the same thing four times with different lenses, different angles. And then my scripty, I said, right, now tell me what inserts I need as my get outs. And I got four of them. Uh, Amazing. And those actors said it was the best experience ever. Mm -hmm. And that's what I loved. I love that too. Mm. I think I love doing one as much as possible Mm. because your actors then stay in the moment. They stay where it feels right. You as a, your camera team and everything, everything, all the energy goes towards that. Yeah. And it heightens. It's yeah. not like, oh, we can go again, another close-up, let's go again and go again. And then you have to match that close-up with someone else's that might not have the same energy. With a wanna. Yeah. There it is. It's fantastic. You, get, you nail one. Yeah. I've got it. And it sounds like you did it in. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, there was some other, there was another scene as well that I knew I wanted. There was a push in on, it starts on, um, on the cream covered pancakes and pushes into them. And, and I, and it's, it was only a short scene. It was, you know, half a page, I imagine. And it needed to be done like that. So I only had to do that twice and it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. But you can see everyone gets very nervous. But yeah. are you sure I've got it? Are you sure? I know, they suddenly freak yeah. out. They've got no safety net. You're like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. no, no I did get fine. it. You're good. Yeah. But that, that whole play moment was yeah. great. Because actually I directed a play here last year. This, this year just gone, 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I do love, I do enjoy that. I do like getting into characters. Mm. And when you're shooting low budgets, as you know, you don't get really much time for rehearsals. Very little. Yeah, It'd be great to have, to have loads, but you've just got, it's true, you've got to get yeah. on with it. And yeah. it's hard to get everyone on the same page, literally. Yeah. It, it, it is, but you just go for it. You make yeah. it work. I mean, during that time, you made quite a lot of shorts, from what I can gather. No, I made a single one. Produced. Okay, so let me fill you into a little secret, but you mustn't tell anybody. This is a podcast. This is a podcast going up. Okay, everyone can hear this Everyone close your ears for a minute. All right. So (laughs) I did those shorts, produced them, became part of them, only from a financial point of view to get an IMDb. To get the credits. Yeah. But that's great because you do need to get an IMDb. IMDb is very important. Yeah. So I wanted to support everybody, help everybody be part of it. I knew nothing about anything when I did that. 
I was just a a, a checkbook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Thank you for being honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because I think it's important because I actually haven't been part of the first short I produced was my own was one, one and that, that was Broken did. Wings with yeah. Isabella. All of the others, I just participated to help them. Fine. Because you need to get an IMDb. Yeah. And the only way you're going to start is by starting. Yep. So I've how can you start? I, I have to say, I mean, I know you're probably saying tongue in cheek, you know, don't tell anyone this and you know, no one listened. But I, think I actually think this yeah. is exactly what independent filmmaking is about. This is it. It's at its core because it, there, there is no formula. You know, there is no, right there is no single formula that says this is, if you want to make an independent movie, this is how you, how you go about it. What we've discovered in, in the, nearly 100 interviews now yeah is that everyone's journey is different everyone's route to that first film and subsequent films beyond is different and this is a brilliant example of it i think it's fantastic because because as you say you know it's important to be on imdb even if that's just for perception's sake well and that's what's so important and going back to our festival that we went to as well as by being part of these festivals and i was over here those guys couldn't go to them. So I went to World Fest in Houston, the yeah. first festival for that film. I got the award. And that's when I realized, wow, these festivals are useful. You need to meet people and talk mm -hmm. to people. And I met most of my crew from those and being Serious? around there. Wow. Isabella got a gig with somebody there. And I suddenly realized how important that was. So if I could say to, how would you start it? And you don't know where to start. It's all of this background stuff. Yeah. And that's what I really educate. In fact, I'll just do a little bit of a, I have a book coming out, Filmmaking Without Fear, at the end of this year. Love it. And Can't it wait. is a that is what it's about. It's about saying, how else can I do this? Mm -hmm. How else? What do I need to know in order to make this work? And those festivals, we would network and talk. And it's not about making it up because I'd been on Isabella's sets. Yes. I knew how actors how worked. worked. How the, yeah. The so it wasn't about film. saying I had gone from being a car washer to deciding to direct films without yeah. any connection. This is what my life had been about, but I just didn't know it. Sure. So when the time came... I was able to network, talk, get to know, be part of all of this. So those festivals then started to help me. And then that's because I'd been to Cinequest. We got Broken Wings into Cinequest. You mm. know, it's it takes many, many years and a lot of hard work. So even though I've only been doing this for two and a half years, the reason that I've been able to do it so quickly in two and a half years is because I started my theatre course and running a theatre camp when I was 15. There you go. Yeah. Here endeth the lesson. <laughs> it's a great lesson and actually super. And talking of IMDb, which we were a, a minute ago, obviously it comes sometimes in different orders. So we, I was asking Dan earlier, I was saying, well, how am I supposed to know what order the next film came in? Just ask her. So I'm going to ask you, was No Reasons Next or as your third feature film as director? Uh, no. Right, so I'm just So, sure. yeah, it should be in the order of what I did. So it went Trust, Pray, Hope, yep. which was the lady in Texas, Pretty Outrageous, which was the four people that invested. Yep. Then this, the next story is I had uh, an investor who wanted to put their son in a film and I knew I could shoot something. And I said, if you give me a little bit more money, I can shoot two. So I shot back to back League of Legend Keepers and Sand Angels, which were here. Phenomenal films. Loved them. Right. Then we can go back to it. But then I shot um, Maybe I'm Fine. That's okay. Five. Then I shot Sound of Silence number six. Then I've just shot Running, Running on, on MT7. And I'm going to be shooting either Three Doors Down or Morning Shine 
in the next uh, three months. Morning shines in April, May, but I would love to fit one of mine in three doors down before then. I, I, I'm my mind and my jaw was on the floor. It's it's incredible. I mean, and I know you probably get this a lot, which is why your book is going to be fascinating for people to read. It's the fact that you've just listed off. Oh, I've just done that in two and a half years. I'm about to make my eighth film, and people are struggling to make one or get their second one made. And you're just going, well, it's not a problem. Why is it not a problem for you? Why is it just... I, I can tell you. Please. Because I'm not a perfectionist. Okay. And so... Yeah, all, they're all shit. <laughs> yes, they are. No, they are. No, I say that. No, but I say this. I look at them and I go back and I go, I'm so proud of every single one, but my God, can I see what I needed to do? But if I was sitting there now for two years trying to make Pretty Outrageous perfect, what would be the point? You're so right. It's got to be how it is and what it was. And mm-hmm. at the time, that was what it is. So... A lot of people spend so long trying to get it perfect. Mm. And I'm not therefore saying it's that easy to then go and get the money. But put it this way. If I can't shoot three doors down with the money that I need, I will shoot it with the money that I've got. Yes. And I will shoot it with the people that I can get. Yeah. And I will shoot it with the locations that are given to me. Uh-huh. Do you like all those G's? Boom. Yeah. I know. But, but, but then I'm... And do you know what? If I have to shoot it on my blooming iPhone, I'll shoot it on my iPhone. Of course you Because will. the story is phenomenal. The right. story's there. It's excellent. Mm. I'm going to learn from it. And so I don't also spend too long. People might have... I'm not saying. People have got projects that if they are needing 27, 30 million, okay, you mm. need to take your time. You want to take your time. You want to shoot it, get the story right. But let me tell you, Unless you've got something that a studio is behind or a Marvel, yeah. then you're never going to get 30 million. Sure. Because if you're first time director, this is what I say to everyone. God, have no. you got anything? Yeah, so go why? and shoot something else then. If this is your baby, yes. keep it there, but go and shoot something else. Because I can tell you what, if you shoot something else, when you go back to shooting your baby, which sounds a bit bizarre, but, <laughs> um, but you will then realize, ah, Thank God I didn't waste that money on that. Totally right. That's great advice. People out there listening, there you go. Go do it. Don't make it perfect. Just go make it and then make the next one and the next one. And then make those ones as perfect as you can. But just learn from the mistakes. That's so good advice. So the next one then for you uh, that we need to talk about is Suppose Sand Angels, right? Yeah. So Sand Angels was, uh, well, Sand Angels and League I shot together. Fine. So that was back to back here. So I thought, well, if I've got the crew for a week and a half, I might as well keep them for three. I love this. This is the fact that it's like upselling. This yeah. is like going, um, do, you want, do you want fries with that? You literally went, okay, I'm making one film, but give me a bit more and I'll make two. Yeah. Absolutely fucking genius. Because it's the, the same crew, same yeah. locations. Mm-hmm. I had two scripts, similar cast with a few others coming in between. And dis- again, LA Day players. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so you're able to, I mean, it was exhausting. Of course. Don't get me wrong, I killed everybody. And yourself. Yeah. I and myself. Multiple but we times. shot it between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh-huh. I love shooting in that time. It's perfect, isn't it? Oh, no one God. else does anything. It's yeah, great, it's right? Yeah. You know there's nothing else happening. Crew you are finish free. the end of year yeah. on a high. Yes. And, and my crew, you know, to make it worthwhile, they were getting paid. I paid everybody proper from the very beginning. I've paid, nobody has ever done anything for free. Um, everybody is paid properly 100% I knew that and that's why they've done every single film with me Mm. Um, and so they were all here anyways they all get a holiday in LA in Mm. Hermosa Beach get them a house 
so we have a crew house. Everybody flies in. And um, there's going to be a few people now going, I need to get in touch with this Elizabeth Lake Thomas because I fancy doing that. <laughs> it's fun. But it's fun. And that's the other thing. Do you know what? It's got to be fun. Yeah, it's got to be fun. Why the heck are we doing it if it's not fun? Yeah, because it's, it's hard work. You're going to, like you say, yeah. you're killing people. Yeah, yeah. You know, not but literally. everybody, no, well, um, let to add, me as, actually as your lawyer, you, I should on, was hasten actually, to add. Yeah, yeah. Not actually killing people. Um, when I shot um, Maybe I'm Fine actually I'll tell you something funny because there were similar people involved in that one and that was in the summer so League and Sand Angels were just about to be completed right and I planned because this is the kind of crazy shit I do a screening of them as soon as I'd finished shooting Maybe I'm Fine because everybody was here so my crew were not only filming they were also coming back finishing these other films checking everything worked getting things so onto your clever. DCPs and Blu-rays mm-hmm. to take to the and you came to that you came to the pretty outrageous one at screening in um, Culver City I had a major screen it was a, it was an incredible experience but because I'd shot them so quickly yeah. things were overlapping right and that killed us all oh, I can imagine how do you how the hell do you edit one while you're sh- prepping and shooting another one and well ask Jonathan my one. editor and scripty because he'll be like I don't know how I did it because <laughs> but also again because yeah. there's not perfection okay because there's only so much you can do with it and those first films I was still learning there are only so many different ways now having um, edited Maybe I'm Fine in a very different way with Jonathan um, I would like to I'd love to actually go back and look at the footage now because I am understand how i how i can see things in a different yes. way to the editor he did a phenomenal job but you can but see now else. i can see differently mm. so um so we just did all work at the same time and i heard cats that's what i call it all my crew are cats and it is an impossible task but i do it <laughs> I and so um so i have to keep on at them I expect the best mm. and i have very high expectations but i know that when we've got it we've got it move on do your next thing please so um, good so yeah and then we were shooting that one obviously you've found money in certain places and people have come to you which is amazing is there any kind of knack to that is there any kind of what is it just how it is like with your new ones now you're going yeah no, i'm just going to shoot that is it a case of you're just finding investors or you're finding ways to do well, it, it the, every single way is different and so that there isn't just one answer but it definitely is about um this last film I know the people that would be interested in this film, so therefore I've approached them to fund it. So I found a film that works for certain people. Right. Also, um, I think if you've got something that's obviously for the masses that can work, go straight to the big boys, go straight up to studios or other production companies, Hallmark Lifetime, and see if they're interested. Um, But from an indie point of view, the last one running on empty, I mean, I funded that. Um, and that was a case of, I want to make this. No one else is going to fund it. So how can I make that happen? Mm. And actually surrounding myself and people knowing what I do with the crew, they all, different people came on board and just wanted to be part of it anyway. And again, I still paid everybody something. Wow. Because I'd never, I'd never get everyone to work for free. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, why should they? You know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I would make sure it fitted in weekends. I'd make sure it fitted when they didn't have anything. Okay you know, what could we do? And I also do things where I had, let's say I had those four films uh, initially and they all needed sound and music. Mm -hmm. Well, I need you to do me a deal because I can give you four films, but it'll only be this amount of money. 
Got you. So I need you to put them together for me. How can I make this work? Again, kind of upselling in a way. It's an upsell. I mean, you sound like a wonderful businesswoman, that the fact that you've been able to do that and sort of go and not panic and sort of go, well, I need to get a sound mix and a score and it graded. So do you know what? I'll go to companies and go, I've not just got one film, I've got four. Yeah. Here's, do you fancy it? But also asking people if they want to do it. Because if you go to someone and I say, you know, I've got this, do you want to do it? And they say, no, they can't. It's not personal. They just can't. Or they, that's not in their budget or whatever. So then you go to find someone that can. So now um, it's a case of even for me as a director, I'll help people out, no worries. But I know now with my knowledge what I'm worth. And I've been mm. able to go to that level. Yes. And I'll help people and I'll do whatever's necessary. And I'll work for free on my own films because I'm learning. Mm-hmm. But I'd never expect other people to do that. And how do you go about finding people then? Like say, how do you go from, okay, that company to that company? I mean, is it for A you? lot of research, a lot of work, mm-hmm. talking to people um, from the very beginning. I mean, I've got these three files. I actually love looking back at them because I'm imagining that there are probably 50% of the business cards in these files are no longer valid. Uh, yeah, this company's you know, when gone. When you met them. Yes. Uh, and I, I even remember at Cinequest, I would collect those business cards and I put them in this it's file. important, vital. Um, and then you look back at them. And, and so there are certain people that are still there, certain people that have gone up the ranks. It's just about making those friends again. Yeah. It, and it's about having the confidence in doing what you're doing. I know I'm really good at what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at it. Mm. I have no problem saying that. I've still got so much to learn and so much to do and experience. Sure. But you want to give me some money to direct a film? I can do it with my eyes closed. I love that attitude. And it's so true. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel the same. But I think maybe it's the English background. You feel, I don't know, I feel strange saying it. Whereas you come to LA. Yeah. How long have you been here? Six years. There you go. Maybe that's the slight, it feels much different here. Everyone goes, no, no, they properly honest. They're going, no, no, I yeah. can do that. Of course I can do that. Yeah. Whereas in England, we're very much like, oh, well, no, I, I wouldn't say, ever say yeah, that. I'm really good at this. Yeah. You need to give me that job. Mm. I'm really good at this. I've I just that. I've learned to start doing that because it's it's hard. Got to blow your own trumpet, horn, horn, yeah. some kind of some kind of instrument. instrument. Any 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 wind or or brass, <laughs> whatever you've got available. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's hard to do. It's very oh. hard. If certainly I feel that like as an English man from Yorkshire, I find it very hard to say. Oh, bloody hell, yeah, I'm great at that. And you find it very hard to say, I'll get the next round. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone in Yorkshire, I'm his lawyer, and he doesn't mean that. PG tips. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you did offer me PG tips, but I took oh great because I'm a bit posh. I'm a yeah. posh Yorkshireman. You're <laughs> I've been you're in London too long. Yes, basically, basically. No, you're from Yorkshire. You don't sound like it. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the, the couple of films you've made with with Dan. Then, um, well, do we have to? We don't have to because he's here. I can cut it out. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's talk about how they started and how you two met. That'd be quite nice. Dan, do you remember? The- we tried to work out recently. I think it's twelve years ago or thirteen yeah, years ago, yeah. and it and it coincidentally was at the very beginning of this journey for both of us. Yeah. This journey into the filmmaking or acting business, yeah. and um, and you're right. We and I think this is absolutely poignant to the to the whole indie filmmaking endeavor. Is that we just put our minds to it. We said back then you know what, this is what we're going to do. And mm. do you remember when we did Pretty Outrageous, yeah. we had said? a moment, didn't yeah. we? We're like, do you remember six years ago we said, we're going to make in a film LA, together in Los Angeles I'm going to direct day. you and you're going to be the lead. No way. Yeah, yeah. 
And it so was as soon long... as I had the role, I knew it was going to be for him. There was nobody else I was going to give it to who'd been on the journey with me. That's amazing. So, That's and, and Dan did really well because obviously he'd been used to working on films such as you, yourself. This was only my second film. Mm. It was with a load of people. We were all in this house. It wasn't as... Um, as as professional as one might hope because I was 26K with 10 crew. You know, it was hardcore. It was difficult. We were all killing ourselves. Um, And so Dan was brilliant and joined in and gave his all and did everything he could. Uh, And there were a lot of other things happening on the set at the same time. So it was was full on. But um, what was great about it was that we then worked together. So the minute I have other roles, Mm. I know that I want Dan to be there because... He actually is quite fun. Uh, he's quite fun to yeah, be around. Yeah. yeah, on set. Yeah. So, you, so you made Pretty Outrageous together. You worked on that together, which is great. Yeah, that was yeah. really. You know what I loved about that too. And if I can just interject, because this yeah. was part of the process that was it was a really it was yeah. a gift. I know what because of say. how close we are and yeah. how how we we shared this journey together. And and our paths had gone very, in very different directions, but then they converged here in LA for Pretty Outrageous. And I think again it comes back to your point about. You know, you weren't waiting until there was perfection. You weren't waiting until you had a signed off, you know, eighth draft of a script. We went every evening after we mm-hmm. finished writing yeah. to the... After to we the, finished shooting. After, sorry, after we finished shooting. Dan's like I'm trying to get writing credit out no, of it. actually, he well, should that's have the, one. That's what happened was we went, we'd go down to the coffee shop in Hermosa Beach and we would talk about... For about how, two hours. Yeah, like we would talk right. about how... And that was after a long shoot day yeah. as well. We'd talk about how the they had unfolded and what direction the characters had taken away from the script. What anything, I needed to fix. What needed to be mm. fixed and what needed to, what gaps needed to be filled and so on. And and it would and there were certain things that absolutely had to change, didn't they? Yeah. And we would get a couple of hours where we could talk about how it would work, what could be said in order to bridge gaps and and we, so we were essentially in that regard writing it as it was happening. Very Amazing. much so. Which you have to on that budget because even again even if it had been perfect what you're shooting is altering that. So it's very right. often that I am actually on all of my films slightly rewriting and working. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people do that anyway. Yeah, but, absolutely. But when they're that smaller budget, you really have to be on top of it because we would suddenly go to the end and go, crap, well, hold on, we got that out, so now this can't happen. Right. We need to alter that. Right. And it was, it was, it was, and it was such fun to be with somebody like Dan and enjoy that experience. It is, actually. It is an, it's an enjoyable person to be yeah. around. And it's, yeah. we've always found that when we sit together, suddenly inspiration hits and we go let's do something hence why we're doing the documentary now was because we're sitting together going let's do something let's yeah. change the world let's make yeah. a film and, and, and you know what again this, keep, this, is, this is why I think this is such a poignant interview with you because it's indicative it's, it's, it emphasises so many of the points the generic points that people have made all the way through the, the weeks and months of mm. the podcast where we've said from the start work with people you know and like yeah you know, because we all yeah. gain so much from yeah. doing that. Because mm-hmm. the process isn't always that easy. The things that we're talking about being fun and enjoyable and running smoothly are are, are that because of the fact we get on well and we enjoy yeah. each other's. Well, and that's more crucial than actually, as you, I think, as you get more into things. Because right now I'm at a, a stage where. I can make decisions on what projects I'm going to take and who I'm going to work with. Why would I put my time and energy with people that I'm not going to enjoy it with? Absolutely, because you're spending a lot of time being very close with these people. And if you're not enjoying it or enjoying their company, why would you do that? So can you lot go now? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye-bye. Over and out. Uh, yeah. No, so, but it, oh, this it, hasn't been switched on. Sorry. <laughs> it's one of the, it's, it's, it seems. Yeah. Why is that at all? 
But it's something that seems so trivial, yes. but I think it's so major. Yeah. With a film like that, making Maybe I'm Fine, what is the process the same as what you did before? You're just kind of doing day to day? Do you schedule? Do you shop Maybe list? I'm Fine was a different level. We were talking about elevation. I was telling yes. you about my vision board with the word elevate on. Um, before we started recording this. And that's what Maybe I'm Fine was. It was an elevation. And I had, suddenly I had a manager. Mm -hmm. I had uh, actors from that managing company. I had support in a different way. So that film allowed me, I remember it actually, having somebody in charge of every area. And I didn't have to worry about it. So the minute I didn't have to think about but has everybody got lunch on time? Yeah. But, but, but has, what is the wardrobe here? No, I don't need to even, it doesn't even come into my head. So all of that made a huge difference. So yes. it was a very different experience for me. So instead of directing, producing, you're just concentrating yeah. on the directing. So because of that, were you doing anything different with how you were planning it, with your shots, with working with the camera team um, closer? I think I could be just even more um, involved with the... the, the yeah, maybe the final says of everything mm-hmm. because everybody had worked out the stuff before they came to me. Great. So I didn't need to be working out the murky stuff. Yes. I would say what I wanted, they could sort it out, and then they came to me and then I could choose. Okay. I think it was just that other level. Again, I know I'm gesticulating, but does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I'd, I'd say to my crews when I start a job is, if you've got a problem, if you've lost something or there's something not there, don't come to me and go, there's something not here. Yeah. That's useless. Come to me with totally new reasons say this has happened but i brought you this and this exactly exactly at least then i can go thank you so much i'll take that yeah because what do you want me to do yeah that's what you need answered yes i I remember actually on the first day i always have um a pre-production meeting with all the crew the night before everyone comes in Mm -hmm. everyone sits there and i had a new sound guy just because my other sound guy not because he didn't want to work for me he decided to go off and make clothes out of hemp Love James. Wonderful chap. Sounds fucking nice. He was amazing. But so we got a new sound guy. So this sound guy's sitting there. And at the end, I say, has anybody got any questions? And he yeah. puts his hand up and he says to me, but so what happens when we have overtime? <laughs> and literally the room went silent <laughs> because, because I said, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't understand your question. He said, what, what happens when we, 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 you know, there's overtime. I said, there isn't overtime. I said, we don't go over time. I said, this is the time I have, so we're going to shoot it in that time. Did not believe me. Everybody, they know how I work. Right. I shoot eight-hour days. I don't shoot anymore. Serious? Oh, yeah, I never go over time. Yeah, never go over budget. Go to the coffee shop for two hours to rewrite. <laughs> yeah, I never go over time because I don't have it in the budget. So how am I going to do that? I can't pay actors more, can't no. pay crew more. What happens if you get to 7.59, you're finishing at eight, and you know you've got another couple But I haven't. I've finished. I've always finished and I shoot under days Seriously? as well. Yeah, I've never gone over. Yeah. I don't understand how what? you can. Really? Yeah, because I I first AD myself. Yeah. Sure. So I know when I've got it. I know if I need to move on. I know if I need to alter that scene. Okay. Like 16 pages in two hours. Yeah. I wasn't going to keep them any longer. I had two hours. I had to shoot it in two so hours. You shoot how what can you I do can. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so this, it was a really funny moment where um, <laughs> the crew just looked because they all know. But again, that's why they come back. Because I have a huge know. amount of respect for them. Mm. Why would I make them exhausted? We get 12 hours in between as a break. Yeah. You know, I make them work bloody hard when we're there. What happens if something else goes wrong? Let's say you're working with an animal or you're working with, 
I, I don't know. The Weather. rain comes down. Perfect. <clears throat> Thanks, Dan. Mm-hmm. What happens then? Love it when it rains in LA when you're shooting because it's like you've paid a huge amount for visual effects. <laughs> oh, that's very true. Yeah. Really cool. Except when and we're here that. trying to do interviews, yeah, it doesn't work. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I did that on the League of Legend Keepers. It rained and it just looked phenomenal. But what about continuity though? What about if you if you've shot half of a scene and then it starts to rain and you've got? I know it's well, a rare problem. Pretty outrageous. Okay, pretty outrageous that happened. There's a scene where all the surfers um, they were doing that in a montage and it was really crappy weather and I was so disappointed. Mm. Um, so in colouring we tried to fix it a bit but you know what? There's nothing I could do about it. Well, it so, well, didn't guess ruin what? my Sometimes story. It, to rain. it didn't. You, you know, know what? what? People are fine it's, with it. It's life. Yeah. And that's what I look okay. back at all the films as well. The, the audiences, if you're going to sit there and be looking at my film and commenting on something like that, my film, shit. Sure. But if you're just watching my film, now again, I'm not talking about a $30 million budget when with Marvel. We right. can do reshoots on $30 yes. million. Yeah. But in my 200K, I can't. 250, 300, 350. I have to get what I need. And actually, in my um, Sound of Silence one, I did have to reshoot something, but I had given myself enough days. Again, I give myself 15 days and I shot it out in 13. I work Amazing. quickly. I work, I just. I just do. I think you're the kind of person who doesn't like to hang around and wait for. Yeah. It's like no, no. lunch is an absolute yeah. pain. Killer, isn't it? You're oh sitting there going, God. no, no, come an on. Hour? Really? really? You've got to have an hour. I'm the same. I'm just thinking, can we not just keep shooting, yeah, guys? Yeah. And just yeah. take it and eat it with you. No, you've got respect to yeah, your crews. Yeah. But we're the same. We're kind of going, no, let's just shoot, yeah. please. The yeah. weather might change. Well, actually, and on some of my films, what's been so lovely is I'm able to say to people um, in different situations, look, I know I can finish early. If we break now, we can't finish. What would you prefer to do? And mm. I ask them that. Yeah. And and the actors love it. The actors love the fact that they're only working the eight hours that they should be working. Yeah. You know, and they get home um, on time and they have a good lunch and good food because that's important, as we all know, crafty. Yeah. Crafty. Now, my DP will actually find this funny because on, on the second film, Pretty Outrageous, on the first day of shooting, I don't drink coffee. And actually, I've only just started to drink tea. I don't have breakfast. It's a case of you just get up and you get on with your day. Well, I had this shot that I needed to do. And we weren't in a space yet that could open up for coffee or anything. It was that early. And my DP arrived and was just like, where's the coffee? I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, it'll be coming later. But no, you need to start with the coffee. And I hadn't realized. And it's we joke about it, but how crucial that is. And Mm -hmm. I have never ever let my crew or cast not have if that craft is not there no but we're not starting they need something they have to have it there love that yeah. it's a great attitude to have and a lot more filmmakers should have that i think it's really wonderful it's respect your crew and those people who are working for you yeah uh, and the job that for them it's a sometimes it's another credit it's another job it's not your it's not their baby mm-hmm. you know so yeah respect that and they'll work harder for you Definitely. i found that's really interesting what have you learned then massively over the two and a half years that you've been making nearly eight feature films mm-hmm. now what have you learned over that time what's the biggest thing you've taken away from all this that i'm doing the right thing mm-hmm. that i know what i'm doing yeah. and to not doubt myself um, even if somebody else says that's not possible. I like to listen to why and I like to understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And if they have a valid reason, I'll go with it. I, I don't care. I don't have an ego. If that person's right, then they're right. But if I know what I'm doing and I know why I'm doing it, they don't know all of that information that's gone on behind my decision. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, if I'd have listened, then I'd have messed everything up. So I can say I've got, I've got quite a good visionary so I can see what that end is in a year's time. I know where I'm heading with it. Yeah. So those other people won't have seen that. 
Um, and I do that in life. It's how I brought my daughter up. I could see where she was going to be at 16. So I've been working towards that. Yeah. Every decision I make it might sound like it's on a whim, but it isn't. There's, and I go with my gut. So to go with your gut, to believe in yourself, to, to, to not worry about perfection, all of the things that I kind of naturally did were right. So I'm very pleased about that. I think the, um, the surrounding myself with these people that I have now, and, and they were there from the beginning. They were very supportive. My ex-boyfriend, the, um, the, my manager, my best friends, they're all there to support and help. So surrounding yourself with those people, those good people, yeah. that is just crucial. You can't do it otherwise. Um, and then I think just not taking no for an answer, just right. doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, then, as I said, again, about elevating, now I'm at that level of yes. how am I going to elevate now? What am, I, am I just going to be constantly making films for Amazon and VOD and Walmart? Which is great. God, sure. So grateful hey, for that. The people that love to do that. Yeah. So, yes, it's wonderful. But I feel like having done that now, now I can take myself up to that next level. And what how, is that next yeah, level? Yeah, and how do you do that? How do you elevate yourself? Um, is that a question? It is. I've okay. turned that into a question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> statement. Um, a rhetorical statement. Well, the... I've really noticed it in the last two months of how I need to do that. So I would love to tell you. Um, the, um, Tune in next week when yeah. we discuss how to do that. Yes. How to elevate. Yeah. How to elevate. <laughs> um, it is by understanding what you need to learn to make yourself a better filmmaker. I could still be making all those Amazon films and getting more equipment and getting bigger projects and bigger budgets, but actually that's not what this is about now. To me, it's about being seen as a director in a different space. I need to elevate myself by trying directing maybe episodic, mm-hmm. by going to material that is allowing me uh, an A-class actor yes. within it. So I had a great meeting with John Voight the other day, actually. Brilliant. And he is just phenomenal. Oh, to God. suddenly be working with someone like that elevates me as, yes. a, as a director because Massively. I am listening to his experience. What he gets from it is somebody like myself who's full of lots of new ideas, but that knowledge is, is amazing. So elevating with your cast, even some of the crew, because I bring crew on where they are, even my DP, who's phenomenal, has no problem if I wanted to bring in a, oh God, give me a famous DP that I can't now think of, an Oscar-winning film, um, Duncan would like to work underneath him. No problem with that. So sure. we're elevating everybody. Yeah. This isn't just about me. It's about everybody. Um, so episodic, different types of uh, subject matter, different actors. And then it's about saying, okay, so if I'm shooting this project, which I shot, which was my running on empty, mm-hmm. I shot that as a feature. Okay. Yes. Shot it in five days. It was a mentoring project, shadowing project. Uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was a great experience. But I quickly realized that it was going to come out as the same as all my other things. So I was just adding numbers to this now. Mm-hmm. So I worked out what could I do to elevate me within that project. And actually, I realized that it was turning it into a short, which is ironic when I've shot all these features to go to a short. Indeed. But the different skill set that's required for that and also the fact that I can put it into festivals and I know it's going to win because it's really good. It's very avant-garde. It's Mm -hmm. very crazy. It's very Black Mirror-esque. Right. Um, I now can have my work shown to people that I can say, just watch this. This is a calling card. Watch what this is about. Watch what I'd like to do. Even though I might not be able to shoot this in my rom-com, look what I'm capable of. Mm. And also it keeps the brain going. Yeah. You try different things. Yeah. So basically what you did was you made a feature 
turned into a short, which has now become this amazing calling card for you to go, I now want to elevate myself. Rather than sticking another feature out that could go, again, like you say, on Amazon and do well enough. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. You're going, no, I'm going to turn this into something that is really useful for yeah. me. That's brave. Yeah. It's also very clever. And it, like you say, now it can elevate yourself to the next level. And, and I've, I've also feel that it's something that if someone said to me, can I see some of your work? Yeah. I like the fact that I can show them a kid's film. I yeah. like the fact I can show them a, a bit of a rom-com, mm-hmm. but to show my creativity yeah. in a unique way, I think is something that us as filmmakers thrive on. Mm-hmm. We want to be creative. Yeah. And if I was to shoot and when I shoot um, my hallmark or my lifetime projects, which I will, because that's will. another level up and uh-huh. I'm being employed, mm-hmm. um, then I want to be able to also keep that creativity where I can say, do you know what? I shot something like this in my avant-garde film. I could make that work in a way for this rom-com. But on my rom-com set, if I've only got a few minutes with hallmark to shoot this scene, then I haven't got time to, well, let me just try this. But having already done it and experienced it, I could do it. I could be brave enough to. Amazing. Amazing. This is, you've been so wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been amazing, hasn't it? Yeah, Um, I knew it was going to be a goodie. And uh, I'm biased, but I knew it was going to be a goodie. Pay you later. Yeah. yeah, please. Well, how about now? Yeah, yeah. So could you just no, literally? A check. What's wrong with now? Our listeners are going to be like, "This is perfect." You do... Well, do you know what? I, I actually also don't mind people contacting me. I'm very really. Uh, yeah, no, not at all. Um, I'm, it's all social media. You can put my my handles up up on whatever you write on. Yeah. But um, I also don't mind people um, emailing me and asking me because. I wish I had had somebody like me. Mm. And because I feel very fortunate, I've worked my butt off to get where I am. I need to be responsible for now helping other people get to where they're going to be. You'll do it in your own way. Mm-hmm. We all need to find our own ways through the wood to that clearing. Yeah. But at least if I can help you bypass that a bit. And that's why my book is clearly detailed with what I went through and the mistakes yeah. and what I would do differently. That's yeah. so important. It is so important. And I can't wait for your book. End of the year. So 2019, if yeah. you listen to this. Honestly, Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful. Really great. Where can people see your films then that are available now? So various places. I mean, Pretty Outrageous is Amazon. I, my, my end goal is that everything anyway will be available online, whatever that is, that platform, um, whether it's Showtime, Netflix, Hulu, whatever, they'll all be there. Yes. Um, and then because I want people to be able to follow the book and follow the film so they Perfect. can see, oh, I see what she means by that. Yes. A real educational, immersive experience. So yeah. they'll all be online within the next 12 months. Amazing. Amazing. So I now put links to all those when they do come out. But for now, I'll put the links that ones you can get and can yeah. see. It's especially the trailers. Um, where can people follow you yourself then on social medias? At Elizabeth underscore B underscore T. That's Instagram and Twitter. And then Facebook, I'm Elizabeth Blake Thomas. Um, Your website? Website. Well, I've got two actually. Oh, you've got two? I've got, yeah, my, my name, Elizabeth Blake Thomas dot co dot UK. UK. Or I've got uh, Mother and Daughter Entertainment. So I think the website for that is motheranddaughterent.com. And that is Isabella and I set up a production company, Isabella, my daughter, Mm -hmm. because we work together so well. And and that's the point, you know, what can we do together? Great. So check out both those websites and go follow her on Twitter already. If you haven't already sent her an email to say, help me, um, then do it. Why not? She's offering for you as indie filmmakers to go out there and make your film. And wow, what a great person to help you. So that's my suggestion. Get on it. 
it. Um, uh, you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod. You can follow me at Giles Alderson. Dan, where can they follow you? Dan Seven Tenths. That's Instagram and Twitter. Whatever, whatever you prefer. Instagram Dan at the Richardson moment. Actor, Dan has Facebook. got some lovely photos up there from his time in LA, and I'm sure by the time this goes out, there'll be some even more brilliant pictures oh, up thanks. there. Which are now for sale. Someone just bought three. So if you want to buy, all right, big time photos, then just contact me and ask, and I'll tell you that you can't afford it. <laughs> brilliant. Whatever. Thank you very much for that. Um, and like, as like I say, you've been prepared as everything. You can make your indie film, but go out there and do it. And if you're lucky enough to rise up, it's your duty to send that elevator back down. Uh, until next Tuesday, as always, because we're out always on Tuesday, thank you very much for taking the time to listen. We appreciate it a lot. Any questions, do get in contact. Until then, Elizabeth, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Love My you. Pleasure. Love you. <laughs> Dan, thank you. Thank you, brother. And... And thank you, Giles. Thank you, Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, it was brilliant.